0: that goes on in Web3 and the things that people make up and the stories they tell in their head. Like I have three kids. I think these things that I hear sometimes are are more silly than what comes home from preschool. And I, I don't really understand like the the why there's like a need for drama and, and you know it's all big competition, like and like it can ruin a community. If like bad FUD comes through, you know, someone says this and someone says that, it can really make a mess. So being on the front lines of making sure that it doesn't take us down uh, is a challenge and it's a surprise. And I really wish that all of us in Web3 would think about this and do better.
1: What is going on, T face family? Welcome back to another podcast episode. If it's your first time here, my name is Mo, I'm one of the hosts. And our podcast is about Web3, crypto, NFT, and everything in between. Uh, today, we have a very special guest in a great episode. We bring on Ben Cohen, which is the founder or one of the founders behind a project in the NFT space that's making a lot of noise currently, uh, Killer Bears. So Killa Bears was valued at about 1.5 ETH uh, a few weeks ago, less than a month ago, and currently they're sitting at about 3.5 to 4 ETH floor, which is almost a 2 to 3X. And they've been building in a bear market where uh, there hasn't been as much liquidity hype Uh, In this space so it's very interesting to to talk to him about you know what they're doing the success they've had and just talk more about Ben's experience he's a previous proven entrepreneur he's built a company called Scopus media which was pretty much a marketing and Instagram business where they had over 18 million subscribers and followers uh, under those multiple pages he's also comes from a gaming or a mobile gaming background uh, where they've built multiple top 10 mobile apps and games. So it's very fun to see what they're doing at Killa Bears, the future of Killa Bears, and how he has some VCs hitting him up to purchase equity in the brand, but he has not said yes. So let's get right into the episode without any further ado. All right, Mr. Ben, how are you? Uh, excited to have you on the podcast today.
0: Thank you for having me. Excited to be
1: here. Of course. So for everybody, for some feedback, obviously, Ben is one of the masterminds behind one of the hottest projects I'm, in my eyes, at least, during this bear market right now, Kill a Bear. So I'm really excited to dive deep, obviously, into your background, Kill a Bear, state of the market, and uh, so much more in this episode.
0: We like the bears.
1: We do like <laughs> the bears. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, ben, talk to me. We're currently in a bear market right now, right? Or- yeah. yeah that's pretty established but it's starting to feel like a bull market at least specifically in the nft space for the last two weeks so i really just wanted to kick this off like what are your thoughts on the market right now the situation is there any good trends that you're seeing as a founder specifically
0: yeah i think i need to be careful when i speak about the market and projects because it it can it can piss some people off but i think i'll speak in broad strokes here i think that two weeks ago we kicked off this little bull and then this week, it looks like Pudgy's is gone. Uh, and I'd love to see it. I like Luca a lot. Um, what, what I think that means uh, is different. I think what's going on is a lot of the the blue chips, which I think is that we have to be careful with that word because this industry is so young. Um, a lot of the, 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 the OG projects from 2021, um, I don't know. I, I mean, the impression I get, I'm not in any of them. Uh, people have like less patience than they did and they just want to see teams that are building, building and building. And I think that that's why I think the bears, and I think, uh, you know, a project like the penguins are, are thriving. You know, we've got teams that are really hungry and, and have accepted that a bear market isn't an excuse to, to, to not do stuff and not deliver and not focus on community and value. So I think right now it's a little bit of a micro trend, but I think that smaller projects that are up and coming are ge- being given a, a deeper look. Um, and at the end of the day though I think that the bottom line is, is that projects that are putting their communities first, value everything, all of the buzzwords that we all talk about um, are, are going to stand out in this period and uh, that's not to take away from bigger or smaller, I just think that we've been at this now for over a year uh, you know, it's really two years uh, and I think that the the nft investor and collector is looking to feel a certain way uh, and i think that some of these mid-cap projects are capturing that essence right now i, I think that we are are we're trying our best i think that we're doing it um, and uh definitely a bear market now uh you know i talked to a lot of people and a lot of people have had rough rough and choppy waters lately uh and they're very hesitant to, to ape into anything which is a huge challenge for a project like us that's really hungry to grow right now. Uh, but uh, early days, you know, we all have to kind of we all have to plow through this together. And I think Web three needs to come together right now and, and put the collector first, so that Web three has a, a really good future.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, you said a lot of great things right there. And I think one of the biggest points that I see right now is I also feel like the market in terms of the consumer wise, that's mature. Right. Compared to like if we go back six months, like the way people are thinking about NFT projects and how they're judging NFT projects and founders now, I feel like is a lot different than, you know, what they were looking at in terms of founders and teams before. So for you guys specifically, like what have you noticed in terms of the aura and the mentality and, and, and the, just a the narrative in terms of your founders and the new people that are coming, not your founders, your holders and the new people that are coming into the ecosystem? What do you feel like has changed since, obviously, three, four, five months ago?
0: Such a good question. Um, I feel like the Killer Bear experience is a little bit unique because we we started free, um, and a lot of people don't realize that because we've wow. we've grown so much. Uh, but middle of April was when we minted. Um, and it. Was a, it, was, was, it, it was
1: it on four twenty when you guys came out?
0: Four thirteen. 4.13, close. 4.13. Okay. Um, and,
1: you know, a lot of the
0: people that minted um, are, are not with us now, but a lot of people that that bought when we were trending that first day or two are still with us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think a lot of those people, we were kind of like their first big hit. Um, and they've just, they've stuck with us because um, we've kind of always put them first, Um and I think that that's, I think people are just looking to feel a certain way. So what I, what I see when I look at our community is people that feel seen and appreciated and part of it. Um, and I think that that's becoming a macro trend now, um, you know, cause we can't rely on, on ETH ripping and all of like the, the the fun stuff that makes it a little bit easier. So we have to kind of focus on like the, the brick by brick build mm-hmm. uh, and I think that collectors are looking to feel they're looking to feel something uh whether it's connection, value, ability to participate and and, and leave their mark on on you know what is built um, I'm thinking you know four months ago, I'm just thinking where we were I think that yeah. was you know in, in the summer um, it was a bear market, but like people were not as negative yeah, agreed yeah. It was, there, was still, I, there was still
1: euphoria it wasn't peak euphoria but there was still some type of euphoria in the market i, believe.
0: I think the bull the bull was still close enough that like it, it felt like it could just it could just be restored yep. uh, and like there were days where like a lot of the Gen plays were, were flying yeah so there is liquidity like if you look at the graphs of like n- not kilograms you look at just like the nft graphs uh, there was liquidity it was just the market was favoring at the time like a D Gen player too and then that finish, and then people would go and move it into whatever they considered home uh for their project and uh yeah it definitely feels different now for sure yeah absolutely and um have
1: you noticed any specific like winning traits in some of these projects that are moving during this bear market and are you guys modeling after that or what can you what's kind of that winning recipe that you've noticed right now
0: uh I think that, that I think the team pumping out content and being very transparent with strategy and transparent with deliverables and what is what is to be expected to the holders um I think that's what I see as the trend. I think it's the feel uh can you the feeling of togetherness um I think that that's probably the trend I think. It's very easy to say we're community focused and and we're we're focused on delivering value back to holders. And the reality is, if you say that sincerely, people will believe you for some period of time, but especially in a bear market like this, at some point you need to, you need to do it Uh, and you need to show it. So I think that that's, that's what I would say. I don't think that there's any projects we model ourselves after where we're, uh, our background's a little different. We used to have, uh, well, yeah, well, we still do. We're just less active, but a mobile gaming company. Mm-hmm. So we, we, our skill set is just different than, you know, we're not like crypto OGs, you know, we're, we're, we're really true digital builders. So um, I don't even think we have the skills to, to follow kind of anybody. I think we, we kind of look at what we've got and say, like, what's the best we can do and how can we make it interesting and fun and immersive? And uh, yeah that's how i would describe it
1: yeah absolutely i've seen the latest teaser or trailer or whatever you want to call it that you guys dropped and it totally gave me uh the nostalgia feeling like of the kid in the room obviously on his computer right the bear gets striked by lightning so just the storytelling behind that specific trailer that you guys dropped and you can tell obviously the quality and the time and the resource that went in it were no joke and that's honestly one of the main reasons why i was like dude killer bears like i I haven't heard of this project for months and I'm like, I gotta reach out. Right. So for everybody who's kind of like me and hasn't seen the trailer or only seen the trailer, tell me more about how was the idea born? And just yeah, like just tell me more about Killer Bears.
0: Okay, so basically, um like I was saying a minute ago, we're we're a gaming company. We've been making casual games since like 2016. Uh, yeah, you know, we've had a bunch, of, I don't know, talking thirty five Went
1: to Graham, right? Those games I kind of read. The well, point. those
0: the those were part of like my personal stuff uh, that I did prior to, to Umbrella Games. But Umbrella Games was the name of our company, yeah. and we had Down the Mountain, Monster Merge, uh, we had uh, Brick Shot. Those games were top ten App Store games. Um, and basically, long story short, we nearly sold the company to Zynga a couple of years ago, and. We got all the way to to the end of, of the. It was a, like a mass consolidation of hypercasual, the whole category. All the big companies were gobbling them up, and we got all the way to the finish line. Uh, you know, I shook the CEO's hand. Kind of, we went the distance in San Francisco, and then the deal never happened. It was supposed to close on a Monday, and, and, and the final contract didn't come, and, and whatever. Wow. Basically, we had such fatigue from that experience that we were like, "Listen, this industry is getting." Difficult. It's becoming a headache. Our games are are good. They're on autopilot. They're getting players and we're doing fine. Let's just look at some other projects and we'll keep these on autopilot. And Mikkel, um, who has like a little bit of DGEN in his blood, I think, he started uh, you know, flipping coins. I mean, sorry, um, flipping NFTs and, uh, you know, worked his way into a mutant and, and had a really good flip there. And wow. he wanted to do, uh, the full body ape club, which, which minted out. It, it basically what it did was it completed the board ape, uh, shoulder down. Uh gave you the full body. Okay. And, and he got my, um, one of our other our partners, you know, this, our current CTO to do the, it was his first, you know, NFT, uh, it was his first smart contract deployment. Wow. And they were like, listen, this isn't like a roadmap thing. I don't know how we need like the business or community guy, but I think there might be something here. Mm-hmm. They made that out. Then they did the mutants, they made that out. And we started talking about, you know, what are we gonna do as, as a company? You know, we're, Let's do it, let's, let's, let's pivot from, from mobile games to, to NFTs. And it took some time to find the right concept. We started reaching into some old IP that we had made uh, robots was actually like the initial concept because we had a game called Robot Merge that I had done nicely um, but Mikel uh, he had been building a relationship with this guy named Mimo Angelis they met on Instagram and Mimo is our illustrator uh, and he had been he's, he, he, you know, he was a stock artist his whole career so like iStock Shutterstock uh, and he was drawing characters for there and then people would buy those and put them in their holiday cards and, however sick. they would want to use them Um, and he had perfected these bears. Mm -hmm. Um, they had to be changed a bit to fit for NFTs to be generative, but that's kind of the story of how the killer bears was born. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as, you know, our identity as a, as a brand and what we're trying to be. If you look at like angry birds, what angry birds did to web two is what we'd like to do for web three, you Mm -hmm. know, angry birds, everybody knows who it is, basically all ages, um, what they did starting as an iPad game and then ending up on large screen, you know, film, television. Uh, if you go into Target and you buy, a, you know, your dog, like a, like, a, like a toy to throw or a lunchbox, they're branded in Angry Birds. They have it all. They've covered the full range of of branding. And We're basically looking to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, storytelling, lore. Uh, you know, we're just trying to show that we have the skills to do all this stuff. So that's... The short film was... In, that you saw that you're talking about was an our way our way to show our range of, of vision and skill, saying we can make a film and yeah. we're going to do it. Okay. Um, and uh, and you know so we've done that, and then there's been kind of a, a 2D uh, uh-huh. lore. One, once or twice a week, we post some kind of an update video that uh, falls in line with the whole story. Um, there's characters. There's this guy named Dr. Fomo and. Uh, Andrew Barrington is the CEO of the Killiverse and you know we have this whole world that we're building because um, we feel uh the tokens aren't enough there has to be more depth to the whole thing um so that's us and we're using our gaming background and, and all of that to basically make some kind of a game out of all of this you know yeah. I don't know if you if you hold but if you held in our ecosystem you would start to see that this is somewhat of a of a of a, of a light version of a game mm-hmm. uh and that's you know, the economics and everything that we've kind of put together all are in line with with that. Uh, it's certainly different because you're not hands on on screen, um, but it has that feeling uh, yeah. and yeah. we love it. It's really been fun for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely
1: get the sense of the gamification that you guys are doing. I mean, I think you have about three main collections right right now. Um, and then obviously I've seen the teasers, right? The bear anchor and kind of like the hints of like, Hey, there's this at the lab. There's the Kilton hotel, so on and so forth. So I've definitely got the sense of the gamification, but just hearing you talk right now, right? It seems like there's a lot of stuff you guys want to tackle. Like I'm hearing movies, right? I can definitely see the vision for like, obviously real product and toys, you know, magazine, even style, right? Because of the art and the illustration, right? The game that you guys want to build and so on and so forth. And, uh, I was talking to Luca actually. CEO of uh, Pudgies right now. It's funny saying CEO because he's not the founder. So it's like, what else are you going to say? The owner. (laughs) Uh, Like, uh, you know, and he's like, the hardest part about figuring out the Web3 business strategies, because let's say for gaming, right? You already know if I build one, two, three baselines or foundation, it's easy for me to scale and get to that autopilot or that revenue generating machine. Right. Versus when you're building a Web3 project, it's like you have to worry about, you know, the e-commerce side, the marketing side, the branding, the actual development, the gaming, the community. So there's so many different aspects and layers of that. So how are you guys kind of managing it and what comes first for you guys uh, right now in the current state, obviously, of the project?
0: Such a good question. So it's all about your people at the end of the day. Um, So we're really lucky because I think we have a really well-balanced team. Between the founders, the four of us, you know, I'm very focused on the business side of things and I have a huge social media background. So business and community, although I've hired, I have a a community manager and a head of comms. So I've kind of opened up more of my time to be on the business side of things. But Mikhail is, you know, a a total creative director. He's done directing in Hollywood uh, on commercials, which you can kind of see through that short film. Uh, Bean is our CTO. And then Mimo's our illustrator. And we do have some other team members that you know are not founders. And they're not like discussed all that much. But um, they do a lot of work. So everything happens as a, as a unit. So we basically establish what we want to do. And it's very simple. None of us really have redundant skills. We're all pretty different. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: when it comes to like, a staking experience or an e-commerce store, yeah, we know who within that core team needs to get to work um i think that that's been a really helpful thing uh, it's not just me and then i have you know i have to find a you know voiceover guy a video editor you know engineer and outsource now l- l- luckily i can tap you know my friends they're like my closest friends uh, who are my co-founders and we just tackle everything together um there's certain things like film for example that were. Pretty far along the path that everyone really knows about, where you do need to have actual commercial partners. Um, so I can't say a ton about that, but you know that's not something that we can just do ourselves. We, we do need to get, we need to hire, you know, a screenwriter, and then you need to do, you know, you need to do the script, and then you need to get ready, then you need to go to, you know, for a production and distribution deals. So all of that stuff is in process, but um, you know we can't do that in, in, in the house. Um, like ecom, we have got two merch drops. We worked with a partner uh, for that. We just didn't have the bandwidth to to attack it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now we're starting to make a plan to do that. You know, in house. You know how how can we make it so that our holders and anybody really that's interested can you know to buy clothing, accessories, you know, whatever, uh, and even brand it just to them. So like if you you know if you want your PFP here. We can make one just for you. Um, so we're going to make a, you know an e-com experience that kind of addresses all of that. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we got to know what you're good at and what you're not good at and what you're good at, do it. And what you're not good at, find people that are better than you. And I think that's been, you know, our way of attacking all of this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let me ask you this, like, obviously for you as a first time founder in the Web3 space, right? What kind of have you noticed that's been like a really difficult lesson or really different you're like, wow. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot, right? But just tell me about yeah. some experiences that you guys have like faced. And maybe there were challenges and, and you hated it. Or there were experiences and, and you got through them. And you're like, wow, this was really good.
0: Yeah. There's a lot. Um, th- we, could do, we could do a podcast just on that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I've been an entrepreneur. I'm 35. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 23. So it's been a while. Um, and there's been a lot of successes along the way and business in, in 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 this founder or ceo role it's always tough there's it's never smooth it's never easy you know you have you have moments where you're good but then you run into a wall and you have to figure it out no different here what i would say that web 3 it what was unique about web 3 is the community aspect like when i had like a very large instagram portfolio Um, I had like 17 million subscribers across a portfolio of pages all have since been sold the followers of those pages are very important because the engagement that they provide is what gave the pages value okay for for you know sponsorships and and things like that branded content and then ultimately when I went to go sell them all I needed them but I didn't need them for feedback I didn't they didn't it was a very simple relationship. We gave them memes and things that they liked, and they liked didn't comment, didn't it. And comment and share with their friends, and yeah. we would grow. The, the The exchange was very simple, yeah. um, and I knew if we were doing a good job based on engagement rates. Okay, in Web three, between floor prices, Discord, Twitter, and like the, the, the shit posters and the people that want that like don't want to see us win, you in the flippers and the people that are that are that the whole you get you have it all. And you see it all, you hear it all, you can't escape it. And that's, what's been a challenge. And I took a very hands-on approach to community where like people can DM me. You know, that's how you found me. You just DM yeah. me and I replied. And you, pretty,
1: um, you replied pretty quickly uh, and it's <laughs> gonna happen a lot. So.
0: And, and uh, I replied to everybody quickly. Um, someone that's a whale, that could be a whale or someone that just can buy like a, like a kilobit or a kilo gear like, you know, something that's uh, not the premium asset, in, you know, it's not the OG everybody I want to talk to um, mm-hmm. and and everybody, I think around web three knows that that's my level of involvement. It's, it's, it's a big challenge. It's a big commitment, but um, I think for us, it's worked because I have had my ear on the ground and I, I think I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the fingers definitely on the pulse and, that means that you also hear the negative stuff, mm-hmm. um, and and that's like the FUD that goes on in Web three and the things that people make up and the stories they tell in their head. Like, I, like I have three kids. Like, I think I hear, like, I think these things that I hear sometimes are are more silly than what comes home from preschool, <laughs> and I don't really understand like the the, the why there's like a like a need for drama and, and, you know, it's all big competition. Like that's been a challenge for sure. I have to, and like it can ruin a community. if like bad fud comes through, you know, someone says this and someone says that it can really make a mess. So being on the front lines of making sure that that doesn't take us down uh, is a challenge and it's a surprise. And I really wish that all of us in web three would think about this and do better. Um, that's a kind of my message is like, we, we can do better guys. Right. Can't we, you know, we don't need, we don't need, we don't need this nonsense. Yeah. Um, and then also the kind of like the never ending competition between projects. Like that one's sad. Like it's really sad. Like we, we you know, from free to a 4E floor, we've come down a bit, uh, from last week, but, um, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But for, but like think about that journey. How many projects along the way have, has our floor price uh, floor floor price jumped over? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Along the way, every single time you approach somebody else's floor price, people start whispering, "Oh my God, they're going to flip that. They're going to flip them. They're going to flip that." And I'm sitting here thinking, "Okay, I understand how for us this is a proud moment because we are advancing, but don't put them down. They did a great job. They're different." Yeah. Um, and I just think that we need to all do better. Like Luca, he's in a pump right now. Before I came on the podcast, I texted him wishing him, you know, congratulations. They went over five ETH floor press. Unbelievable, amazing. I'm pumped for him. I can't, I'm, I'm excited for him to text me back when I check my phone after this and, and to talk about it. Um, and we need more of that. We really do. Um, uh, it's It's a work in progress. It's still a young industry, and we need time to get there. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It, and, and it's like I, I couldn't agree more with you on especially like the communication factor in terms of obviously as a leader and as a founder with your community. And just to draw the analogy of like you know going back to Instagram, it is completely different, right? Of growing an audience or even just being a creator, right? Because we've gotten used to the the idea of like, hey, it's it's audience, it's customer. It's one-way communication, right? Versus Web3, it's all about collaborative communication, what I like to say, right? It's two-way, right? And it's like going and it's coming back to you as well based off how you move. So it's a very big transition from people coming from Web 2 to Web2 to Web3. And then I think one main thing as well that I've kind of been noticing, and you tell me your thoughts on this to kind of touch on the competitive aspect that you were talking about. Like, for example, not to keep talking about Luca here, but I feel like Obviously, you guys, I can comfortably say like you guys did make a really big amount of noise and splash right before Pudgy Penguins and d right? And, and what they're doing. But I feel like one thing people are really undermining is, is the idea of like these founders are working together to lift the whole community up as a whole, right? And I don't think that's getting enough attention of like, dude, like you have one founder of the one of the biggest projects on Solana, And then obviously you have another owner of a project from uh, ETH literally working, collaborating, and being vocal with both their communities together in order to lift the whole space up, right? So for you guys, like, is that something you want to start doing as well? Like, are you guys planning to work with other communities? Do you plan on collaborating? And You know, is that something that you anticipated as well during this run?
0: I think, yeah, I'd like to be more in line with other communities when it makes sense. I just think my point of view is you know what D God's what their strategy may be, and who they want to be yeah. three months, one year, and five years from now. Mm-hmm. What Frank wants to do may be completely different from what the Killer Bears want to be. Yeah. From that perspective, I think that it's hard to marry these things. Yeah. Um, now, it, it doesn't mean that. Like I, I've never talked to Frank, and I think a lot, I, I really have high thoughts of him. I think he's great, and I think he's talented, and uh, I appreciate watching what he does. Um, Should me and him be in dialogue? Probably. Uh, We probably should be sharing, you know, notes and just talking about the challenges of our roles. Uh, We both operate differently. He's very out there. He's tweeting constantly. Uh, You know, it's it's a different, it's a different, it's a completely different way of doing it. Uh, Maybe I have a lot to learn from him and I think maybe vice versa. Should our communities be melding together? maybe you know i know there's a bunch of people in our community that 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 uh are in his and um i think that's great um maybe we should have like a collab spaces and, and we and we we kind of interview each other i don't know um but at the end of the day, i think that um everyone's got to figure out what their goal is and and, and do these partnerships make sense yeah. uh, and how official of a partnership should it be so um I think it's case by case, but I'm, I'm open to talking to everybody. And, and uh, as long as things fit within our strategy, uh, pretty open minded.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, let me ask you this, right? I want to get a, some, some uh, sound bites here. So you guys went from pretty much 1.5 eighth to almost four eighth within 28 days. Was there one specific thing that you guys were like, this is what we did and this is why I moved? And do you plan on doing that again? over the next few
0: months. <laughs> uh, we got, I think we actually got to 4.1. Um, it, it, that was nuts. We got to number one in, in OpenSea, and I thought that was just awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: I got to tell you, there was not one thing that was done. Mm-hmm. It's not like we made some announcement that, you know, there's announcements that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like we made some announcement and all of a sudden, boom, we didn't raise $50 million, and then every, all of a sudden, everybody jumped onto to OpenSea and bought I think we've done a really good job since April of keeping the community informed, collaborating with the community, getting constantly better at um communication, storytelling, lower value back in terms of airdrops and, and like all you know, the staking experiences are very immersive. I just think that we had a little bit of a momentum. There was one. I think usually these pumps usually start with one big sale, not like a sweep. So usually, some like some somebody bought uh, one of our ghosts for twenty ETH wow. like right before Thanksgiving, mm. and like that's kind of the, I think you know people talk about last week as like the the thing. I think it actually was before Thanksgiving because that happened, and then some momentum followed, and you know the the daily volume was definitely increasing. And then, I don't know, four days later, something like that, somebody else bought like a, like a 19 or a 20-E skull yeah. bear, wow. cheetah fur, very right? very cool one. Uh, and then there was a sweep, and then more people kind of, all right, well, you know, they're moving, you know, they're over two now. Right. Um, you know, and like there's people that were fading us at point two, point five, point eight, 0.5, 0.8, right? At what point can they keep watching and not go in? So they yeah. start, people start entering, and uh I think once I think once you get up there like anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um so like a, there was a 40 ETH purchase. Um there was just a lot of activity and but there it's not like there was any I think we've just done a really good job of building momentum and mm-hmm. trust with the community and and the, the wider NFT community I think is has more conviction on who we are and that we're we're going to be here for a while and uh was a crazy few days like I can't lie it was it, it's incredible to watch it. Incredible to watch it. It's, it's fun. It's exhilarating. It's, a, it's kind of a, a reward for the team because pumping or no volume, we're working yeah. all day, all yeah. night. We never stop. So it's definitely not easy at times, especially for me to motivate the community and, and my teammates. Um, no volume. ETH completely fell. What, but let's keep working 15 hours a day, you know, a community, keep keep staying loud, keep showing that you, you believe in us. It's really hard to keep that up without like a little bit back. Uh, so like a pump like that uh, is just feedback that the effort was worth and, and the time spent is definitely worth it and that we're, we're, we're going to a good direction. So uh short answer is there was not one specific thing that I could tell you that that we coordinated or anything like that. It was just I think the market. down The bears.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Compound effect,
1: yeah. Uh, let me ask you this, because you were talking about, obviously, like, you know, companies raising $50 million, right? Like, we've seen Doodles raise at a $700 million valuation. You know, we've seen the Apes, we've seen the, you know, v Friends, We've seen all these bigger projects, corporations, raise insane amounts of money. And we haven't really seen much news or innovation from them yet, at least, right? During mm-hmm. the market. But we're actually starting to see these smaller projects or these mid-tier projects, like you guys you know, uh, the Pudgies and so on and so forth, perform way better and build much of a stronger community during this time. So now that you guys have, I guess, proven part one, right, in terms of like, we can build with limited amount of funds, right, so on and so forth, we can build during the bear market, we can make moves, headlines, build a community, is raising part of the plan for you guys? Uh, And would you ever do that?
0: Great question. Uh, And when when your first question on the podcast, it could be seen that I was taking a shot at those blue chips that have raised money. And I'm not actually. I admire a lot of them and what they've done because they've shown really what's possible around here. Um, The short answer is we've had a ton of VC interest and we have declined all of it so far. Um, We've been bootstrapped and it's been good for us. I think I have a perspective. I, I do think we may raise. Uh next year or, or the following, I think there's there's probably a time and place for it, but prior to doing it, I need to feel that we've completely exhausted all of our resources and energy and and, and everything that we can that we literally can't get to the next level without it. Yeah. I want to make sure that we do that. The reason is is I think that what we're learning is to for NFTs to work, you need to have really good alignment between the community the holders and the team getting those two to row in the same direction. I don't think is easy. I think yeah. that the, there's some smaller smaller, like us mid caps have proven that it's possible yeah. um, where I'm really concerned why I've said no already to everybody. And again, my mind's open. I take every meeting. I just, I just have a feeling that I don't think it's the right thing for us yeah. is if you add investors to that, to that equation, So holder, community member, Ben and the team, investors. If we're not all rowing in the same direction and we don't see eye to eye on absolutely everything, we're going to end up with a lot of problems. And I think that that's that's probably been my lesson from seeing some of these bigger folks raising money is I don't know really who's in charge. And I think that the holders are just confused on where they fit into all of this. Um, I don't think that they, I think they've went from holders and early supporters of a cause and a project to feeling maybe at times like a customer yeah. or like nobody or like nobody. For us, the reason we're so, so successful to this stage is the holders have really gotten behind us. Of course, they're betting on a, on a, on a, on a good horse and, and a good jockey, I think, but, um, they've given us so much. So, Short answer, we're, we probably one day will consider it more seriously, but right now we feel really good about our alignment and what we've been able to accomplish uh, without, you know, a pile of gold.
1: Yeah. Let me just to follow up on that question is like, you know, you said you, you wouldn't raise until you know for a fact you've exhausted all your resources and you, you've hit that bottom line, right? And turn right. It to the next level. So... What does that look like at that point of time? Where do you see you as self once that point has happened? And what would be the determining factor, projects, avenue within the project that you would want to raise for? If you're just thinking about
0: it right now. Okay. Um, good question. I hadn't thought about it that much, but I think just just off the top of my head, like I would like to have all of like the different business segments that we talk about and that we, we, we dream about all need to be established and mm-hmm. proven that it, it will, you know, at the minimum as an MVP. So if we're going to have an e-commerce store, if we're going to do a film, if we're going to do toy collectibles, which we're already well underway, I've already, you know, we, 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 the, the mint will happen one of these days. Right. Um, um, once we've proven like some level of traction on all of those mm-hmm. and we can't get further for whatever reason, like suppose, suppose, okay, here's a good example. Suppose we make like a print-on-demand, and this is like kind of a low-hanging one. Like I don't think this is actually that big of an issue. But suppose we don't want to have like a like a like an outsourced partner with like printing, you know, an apparel business, which is really not like a core uh, pillar for us. But you know, so right now we have a partner that does it all, top drawer merch. They do a great job. Suppose we want to bring this in-house, and we instead of having just a drop that everybody can buy the same thing, we want to customize it. Okay, so there's print-on-demand options out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Suppose that goes really well, far exceeds our expectations, but we're not making as much margin as we'd like because we're sharing that with whatever partner we are, and then like and like a, a distribution center that's handling all of the logistics. Suppose we say, you know what, this looks so promising. Everyone loves the bears so much that we need to bring this entire thing in house. We need to go and 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 get it. You know a printing facility and and warehouse and we need to hire some people and we need to, that might be a moment as, as like a small example to, to raise. Um, but, uh, I'd, I'd love to stay as we are. I gotta be honest. I, I like the dynamic of the team. Um, we move fast and, um, you know, we, we can do what we want, what we feel is right for the brand. Um, But like, you know, if you you want to get into retail, suppose you want an island target to be all killer bear branded, like sort of like how Angry Birds has ended up. You need to raise VC. Of course. Uh, You know, if you you want to go to China and and make 50,000 units of dog toys with bears on them, Mm -hmm. you typically need VC to do all of that. uh On
1: a daily basis too. So you got to deal with that on the other side as well.
0: Right, right. You would have to have somebody dealing directly with that relationship with with, with Target and, and all the big boxes, and so like th- there's a moment where where scale becomes too too you know too much where where the core team just won't have the time and probably will not even have the skills to handle exactly the inventory planning, you know, you know all of that, all of the logistics behind it. It'll probably outgrow this core team. So we'll see. You know, uh, there's been a lot of interest, and I, I'm flattered by it, but. Um, I think if if a VC likes us right now, they're going to love us in a year. So um, we're going to keep doing what we do and and, uh, we'll keep the options open.
1: This is a a question somebody, I I believe somebody in the comments would probably ask this from the VC calls that you have had. What kind of crazy or dumb offers have you got? I
0: mean, i'm under ndas on these but like i can i can say that there's been eight figure offers nice hell oh, yeah
1: that's yeah. awesome that's
0: awesome But i don't really think so like i gotta be honest mo like right now we're producing a lot of content we're producing a lot of work yeah the, the ecosystem is all is all is all uh maturing everything is going in the right direction I don't know what more money would do for us at this stage. Like at, at this current stage, like I don't think we're ready to make 50,000 toys to put into Target. I think it's just a little bit early. Like, so I, 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 and that's my concern is that we take a check and they say, all right, well, we need to see way more, way faster and it might not be good for us. So um, yeah, there's been $10 million plus approaches, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you have a
1: really good point, right? Like, and not to throw data at artifacts, obviously, I'm a holder there, but I, like, I think one of the things they're missing out right now is that I think they're moving too fast as well, right? Like, we've seen some fun happen over the last few days because, you know, they did the airdrops, the shoes are out, but then the shoes can't even be shipped internationally. It's like, how do you miss something that big where, you know, half of your audience is international, right? Like, you're not dealing with US based. Right. People. so I, I definitely agree with the point of you know some projects may be moving too fast or too slow once you get the funds because like you said now there's you know an org chart that you have to go up through right you right. need submissions you need approvals you need proposals right once you get that investor fund so
0: uh
1: i think you're very well said on your point right there
0: now let me ask you this is there
1: any web 2 brands or web 3 brands that is like a dream collab for you guys that you're looking or negotiating with like uh, you know, on any aspect.
0: Such a good question. So, this is going to sound odd, but the answer is no. Um, so, our vision is to be a brand like in, like like a web two brand. So, like you look at Angry Birds, we want to be right next to them as the Killer Bears yeah. globally. So, when you look at partnerships, typically there are there are exercises in in like you know some shared value. You're trying to amplify a message and a brand of some kind, but who really wins there, right? Um, I don't know. Um, so for us, we think we can build the brand. So we're going to try to do that. I do think that they're like, it would be interesting if like a, like a Puma or somebody like that wanted to do something, you know, some special edition sneaker or something like that like i think that that would be like a fun cool thing and and we could make that a really interesting marketing moment um but for us to like exist the way we want to exist a decade from now i think it's really important we stay like totally locked in on who we are obviously film and television uh you know we we don't own the air we don't own you know any of the streaming services and we we re- we can't get there without some partners so we're going to need to collab with uh, one of those big media companies at some point. You know, we've already talked to basically all of them, but um, that's not a, a collaboration partnership in the way you're, you're, you're describing. You're describing like, a, you know, like working with like Adidas and doing something collaboratively.
1: Um,
0: I don't see it. Um, and, you know, I've seen a lot of these in NFT. I'm not going to name any. I don't. I don't know what they've done. Like, have they? Here's the thing. Every question has to, in my, in my, the way I'm thinking. This partnership that we may do with X company, is is it like a really clear path to our holders with some kind of value, Mm. or is it just news that makes our floor pump for thirty hours and then and then it deflates back? I'm not into the floor inflation and deflation. What I want is steady build so i think if we stay within ourselves and try to make all the right decisions the organic brick by brick approach will will suit us better in the long run um that said again kind of like the vc thing my email and phone is open anybody that has an idea i i I want to listen to it and if it makes sense it makes sense
1: yeah Absolutely, we've seen. I think over the last few days, and this is why I'm, I'm I'm a confirmed believer that like I think we're gonna face like a really nice mini bull run in the NFT space specifically. I don't know if you noticed, but like Instagram, for example, is running a space for creators in NFT specifically uh, this week, and then you see uh, one of the biggest collectible brands in the world, Cause. You see it right there on my um, yeah little wall. They're also dropping some type of digital collectible uh, tokenization with their. New drop, like they're doing a new line of collectibles, and obviously there's going to be digital aspect of it in terms of confirmation, minting, obviously the digital so on and so forth. So when you see some of these bigger companies now really starting to tackle the community side of things, right, like Instagram and Meta coming onto Twitter just to build community and talk about NFTs, what is that kind of signal to you as a founder and yeah. to your
0: community? It signals to me that we have we are we are getting there. Um, You know, we are absolutely getting there. We need mass, mass, mass adoption. It's just, right now the NFT industry is so small. I mean, if you look at number of people, I think it's under a million people that are collectors. That's tiny. That's a tiny, but the total addressable market, the TAM is enormous. Um, You know, there's really no limit uh, to who can participate. So when I see these big companies trying to enter in some way, Mm-hmm. It shows me that, one, they're aware that Web3 is, is is real, Yeah, just like how, like, in 1997, somebody would have had to consider, like, is the Internet going to be real? Is email going to be a standard? Like, you know, is this fax machine going to be here forever or are we going to advance? The people that embraced uh, and the companies that embraced that, that change did extraordinarily well into the 2000s. And the companies that were hesitant, there's examples of them um so it just tells me that adoption is going to increase and that everybody's paying attention and there'll be more and more opportunities for all of us um it's a really bullish signal i mean there's no two ways about it i, I agree i do think we're probably headed for something it's a little bit of a bull would be nice for everybody not just like right now there's only enough liquidity for like one project at a time to have a move right literally yeah um so, and that's great I, you know and, and i hope that the projects that are getting that attention are, are worthy and they're, they're doing all the right things to get that. Um, but I do think that, um, sentiment may be improving and that's key. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pumped. I do, I do think that there'd probably be some kind of a bull um, for sure. Absolutely.
1: And, uh, you know, as we, uh, come towards here, I'm running out of questions towards the end of the podcast. What are some stuff that you can tell to people right now, whether they're a holder or not, about killer bears that would excite them to come into the ecosystem? Like, why should they pick you guys compared to other projects in the market right now? Um,
0: Great question. I think that the thing that we've done extraordinarily well is we've made being a killer bear holder and community member fun. Mm -hmm. Part of that is the level of engagement between the founders, the team and the community. But the other part of it is the act of actually collecting as like a soft version of a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a large scale game. And a lot of the principles of casual gaming are present. I think we've done them in a way that's that's subtle. So it's not, you know, we're not asking you to, to fire up your PlayStation. You know, like it's not that intentional, but right. you know, you buy a bear, you buy a bit, all of a sudden you can go and stake it, but within that staking experience, there's some details that are very interesting and very polished. Um, And then when you finish with that, you get some kind of reward that you can combine with other rewards and create like a super reward. And I don't want to get into the weeds here, but it's fun. Um, and, And as the collections mature and the depth gets there, I think new people might be overwhelmed with it because the ecosystem is now semi-mature, but it, it's going to get... But once people give it a little time, they're fluent. Uh, but I think that we've made NFT... I think a lot of the things that I've heard, we you know, the killers have made NFTs fun again. Feels like 2021 all over again. And I think if you just look at the value that we've driven back to holders, it's been very significant amount of ETH. And, uh, you know... A lot of entertainment and fun and, and uh value created. So I think there's a lot of great projects and I think that we're worthy of uh someone's attention and, and investment and um and yeah, I hope I hope uh that answers the question and uh hope to see more people uh on board from, from this conversation.
1: Yeah, I hope so too. And uh let me ask you this, is there any type of alpha you can leave us with here that you haven't said? <laughs>
0: <laughs> any alpha uh everyone's looking for alpha i i think that i think that the the first time i've ever publicly talked about a vc offer the, the 10 million that that was here so i think that's going to be your alpha for the day um and uh i don't i don't think there's anything else i mean you know right now we're in you know chapter two staking uh i do think we're on day, I think we're getting close to two, the two week mark. Things start to get a little bit more interesting. And in, you know, there's some surprises coming there for the holders. But uh, you know me, I said it, I don't like creating artificial floor inflations, which lead to deflation. So I don't want to, anything that's coming, uh, I don't want to talk about. I want to uh, protect that information. And, and uh, you know, things may or may not happen. So, uh, that, that's what I've got for you. I apologize. It's not. I know you're looking for more, but uh, <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, just the idea of you obviously being able to give us some,
1: you know, numbers on like the VCs. I think that screen itself. I got some like random questions I like to ask at the end of the podcast here, just like quick, rapid fire stuff. So, first one is define utility in thirty seconds.
0: In thirty seconds, tough one. Utility is value back. So I think in times, it's it's ETH. Sometimes I think it's entertainment. Sometimes I think it's level of community. Are you making friends with these people that you're gonna to wanna to talk to in or outside of NFT? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I answered in 10 seconds. That's how I think about utility.
1: Great, that's great. Another question is, what is an NFT for somebody who has no clue? Oh
0: boy, depends what age they are, but usually I go with like the, if they're into sports, I'm like, it's basically kind of like a baseball card that's digital. Yeah or a pokemon um and if they if, if 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 we're really struggling and they start to hit me with like the clip art thing i'm like we i'm like you're not gonna make it you know we're, we're, you know we're not gonna have this conversation but it's a it's a piece it's some kind of online uh collectible is what i that's like the simplest way to describe it for everything i think you'll
1: like this one tell me three words you've never used before until you got into web3 Oh
0: man. Um, LFG, I really like, I, I used it a little. Like, if the Knicks would win, which is such a rare occurrence, like I might LFG, like a group chat, but like LFG now is like every three words I'm no, going with. Uh, like pump, floor, uh, you know, I haven't really used any of those. Like, I, I don't GM, I, I GM, but like, I guess GM is a good one. I used to say good morning. Now I just say GM. So I'll I'll give you that.
1: Okay, cool. And then uh, this one is more like just answer which one you like more uh, or don't. Solana or ETH? ETH. Punks or apes? Punks. Pudgies or seals?
0: Pudgy. Utes or D-God? Utes.
1: Okay, cool. That's good. And then my last one here for you is tell me a funny story uh of you saying something crypto to a non-crypto person.
0: Shit. I got to tell you my like I said you know my life and my like my like in real life uh friends they're like they're so not on board with what I'm doing that every conversation seems like I'm getting made fun of. Yeah. But um There's honestly, there's too many to draw from. Like, it's like, it's like a never ending. uh, uh, It's like a never ending comedy show with with them. I I can't think of it. I mean, yesterday I bought a a black box, Renga, and I had breakfast with a friend. And he was like, you know, we were talking about things. And I was like, listen, like, you gotta you gotta join me today. I was like, you gotta and he doesn't he he has some some crypto, uh, but like he's not he's not in this in this in this part of it. And I was like, You gotta join me today. I, I was like, your first NFT. Get a black box and let's smash it together. Mm-hmm. And uh he was like I'm just not gonna he was like, I just don't I just I'm just not gonna do that with you, Ben. Like it's <laughs> not gonna happen. You know, like <laughs> oh, wow. that one's fresh in my mind. That one's fresh. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. That was great. man. thank you so much for helping on. It was a pleasure having you, speaking to you. And uh, I'm really excited to keep an eye on uh, Killer Bears and see what the future holds for you guys. So thanks for helping on.
0: Thanks for having me, Mo. I'll talk to you soon.